Welcome to another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. I'm Dr. Bill Kanaski, and my guests today, two very good friends, Mr. Stephen Bryan and Mr. Doug Marcello. Uh, Stephen, how are you doing today? Doing great, Bill. How are you? Out in the great Northwest. Uh, I am. Excellent. Uh, Doug is a frequent flyer on podcasts. Doug, how's it, how's it going there in the great state of Pennsylvania? Doing great. Here in the center of the universe, Carlisle, Pennsylvania. So, exactly. Uh, yeah. exactly. Well, at least you're not shoveling snow at this time of year. That's a positive, right? Not this week. That's not correct. this. Not not this week. Um, yeah, you guys have come together. Uh, this is a very very exciting um, uh, uh, podcast, and we want to talk about a new um, a, a new company, a new philosophy, and that company is called Blue Wire. Um, Stephen, tell me where was the uh, ignition for this for this idea because what what you're doing and we're going to talk about it for this whole podcast i mean i'm looking at your website right now and it says our mission is to champion your company reputation where did yeah. you get this great great idea from yeah boy it was a it was a bit of a path i have to tell you bill it was a journey to get to get to what now looks to be simple you know and and seemingly powerful. This is this message has really resonated out in the industry just in the short time since we, you know, it's just over a month since we really announced the company. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So without without getting too far down in the trees, I so I had a company I founded back in 2007 called Vigilo. I sold it to a another tech company called Samba Safety in a private equity backed deal in 2017. And then I stayed with Samba for three and a half years up until last August, August of 20. And, and it was right about there where I, I, I was, I, I think the spark of this, the ignition for me came about a year previously. And it was at the American Trucking Association's annual conference. It was in San Diego that year. And I remember it was in one of the general sessions and the uh, CEO of ATA, Chris Spear, got up and he said to the audience, this year, meaning the coming year 2020, this is the year we will declare war on the nuclear verdict and on the reptile theory and wow. on the trial lawyers that advance these things. And I started thinking about it. And so when I left Samba, I started in earnest wondering, you know, I'm a data guy, I'm a software guy, that's all I've ever done. Um, and uh, I started thinking, I wonder if there's a way to collect, analyze, deploy data in, in some way that gives the industry better defense tools. So it was, it was really that vague, uh, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, so along the way, you know, uh, Doug and uh, Bob Boyich and Peter Rowe, the four of us are the co-founders now of Blue Wire. And the four of us came together late last year, fall of 20. And really, as we turned into the beginning of 21, decided we better write this down. Let's write a business plan. And that's when, you know, there's a great story, Bill. I'm sure you've heard it about the, um, the whys, digging into the whys. And you, you keep asking yourself, why, why, why? It's amazing what you can get to. And that's the journey that we really went through. We wrote a business plan, version one. We floated it to a lot of people, got a lot of great feedback, and we just kept refining the message and came down to reputation. That's where these attacks happen. Uh, you know, as we say, there's, there is no nuclear verdict that ever rose from the facts of a specific crash. It is always simply a way for then the plaintiff's firms to come in open the door and find these vulnerabilities and attack the reputation. And that's what the reptile theory is. It inflames the emotions of the jury and gets them all angry and, 
and uh, that's what leads to these huge, huge outcomes. So, you know, that's really, I guess, a short story of how we got here. It was, all, it was interesting. It was actually a lot of, a lot of fun working with the guys and, and, you know, bat, batting ideas back and forth. And, you know, you, if, you, if you're looking at our website, you can see our board of directors is just a Impressive. group of industry rock stars. And so that's, there seems to be a movement, um, you know, that's un, underway here. And we're, we're really excited to be a part of that. Yeah. Now, Doug, um, as, as you know all too well, the defense bar as a whole, is, they've been terrible communicators and they tend to hide everything and they want to protect everything rather than uh, disseminate um, information. Is, uh, is Blue Wire the type of company that's going to try to do the opposite and really, particularly, uh, obviously, for transportation and trucking, really bring people together to share ideas and to relate information back and forth in an effort to stop the plaintiff's bar who, as you know all too well, again, um, they share information. Uh, yes, which is a, an interviewer's nightmare, yeah. Bill, when I just give you a one word answer. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's, one of our, that's one of our primary purposes. We, we have several uh, main functions and I think Steve has broken them down well to four. One of those four is what you spoke about. We're looking at developing what's called the Blue Wire Forum. And the Blue Wire Forum will be a closed defense trucking industry information exchange. Wow. When somebody does a focus group, you know, we're not looking for case specific details, but hey, let's share the general jury mentality of it. You know, some of the information like you shared on the previous podcast we've done together, what, what are attitudes, you know, during the time of the unrest and the uh, COVID, uh, the election results we talked about the bill, you know, what you found and your results on there. Well, let's share that and exchange that among defense attorneys, different uh, strategies, tactics that we have, other information. You know, a college football coaching staff can call up somebody, go and sit down and meet with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Yet we have no sharing among defense attorneys on this. Uh, Steve and I were just out at the uh, ATA mid-year that Steve was on the litigation panel. And it was interesting out there, while there was an agreement that there should be sharing, there was a reluctance among certain individual panel members out there to, to give it up for somebody else. So I think that's what we need to do and, and to share that and to flip the script on the plaintiff's attorneys in that very regard. I completely agree. And I think more industries need to do this. Maybe they will learn something from, from, from your efforts, but this is uh, long overdue. And uh, it is very exciting. Uh, Steven, I love this story. I want you to tell it. How did you come up with the name Blue Wire? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I'm not sure it just came to me, but you know, it's uh, in every action movie ever made, Bill, the, the hero uh, diffuses the bomb with the seconds left on the timer, of course, <laughs> by cutting the blue wire. So uh, I, I actually, there's actually quite a lot of, uh, I guess, debate. If you if you go look at, you know, diffusing bombs and action movies and things like that, there's quite a quite a division between whether people think you actually cut the blue wire or the, the red, red wire. The red wire. I, and yeah. uh, so I can tell you in a very short, we were unable to get any reasonable implementation of, of red wire as a domain name. So we went with blue wire. <laughs> sometimes well, you have course. to cut those wires like simultaneously right? yeah, that's at the right. same time. It's, <laughs> but you're right. It happens at the end of all of those uh, movies. Tell me about the survey that you have up and what your goal is uh, for the survey and kind of, cause this is, sounds like this was really, this is really the first step of a, of a multi-step uh, process and what, what you're trying to accomplish and how people in the industry can find it. Yeah. Do you want me to take that Doug? 
Absolutely. Steve. All right. So, so Bill, what, what we're trying to do, so we have a survey we've just posted. It's been up over maybe a little over a week. It's on our website. It is free and it is completely anonymous. We don't, we're not collecting emails or trying to create leads. This is really about us gathering perspectives. So we're asking people, if you're a motor carrier, if you know a motor carrier, if you work closely with one, if you're an insurer and you have motor carriers that you're very familiar with, run through the survey and answer the questions. And what we're trying to do is build a kind of a foundation of how people perceive reputation and how in the context of how we intend to collect data and measure it. So that's, that's a big part of what Blue Wire is actually proposing to do is we think for the first time is collect data and create a reputation score. So that's brand new for people. That's kind of like a little bit of a, you know, a little, little uh, head scruncher there. You know, it's like, what, what are you guys doing again? And I think if, if we encourage people to look at the survey, it's a hundred questions, might sound long, uh, but if you're knowledgeable about the motor carrier, 15 minutes, you can get through it. And it'll give, give you, again, whether you're a carrier or one of their partners, it'll give you, I think, a real good idea of how Blue Wire's thinking about uh, monitoring data and compiling that down into an analysis of individual motor carrier reputation. Excellent. And I think one of the big one of the big things, Bill, is that it, it just gives you or gets people thinking just to go through the survey. Yeah. Makes them question in terms of you know things that may not have been thought of before or areas that they have. Because I'm sure you run into it after the fact where people don't know what they don't know in terms of what their vulnerabilities are, what the problems are, and all of a sudden they're confronted with it after the fact, instead of we're trying to look at it proactively, preemptively, you know, because after the accident occurs, it's backfill at that point. That, that, that's a really, that's a really good uh, point. Doug, on some of the preliminary data, I'm sure you've taken a peek at, any surprises? Any kind of head scratchers? I can't really say there's surprises in it, Bill, but I think what it is, is the nature in terms of the individual variety of what the responses are in terms of a lack of consistency or uniformity. Uh, and there's differences on that. And it, it, between the survey and it having talked to a number of people since uh, we've launched this, it, it, the information has been interesting in terms of what people themselves see as their own vulnerabilities and particularly the degree to which they are secure that they have no vulnerabilities. Uh, and I think the, Nate, the question is, let's go through the process and think about it. And not from a defensive standpoint, but let's look in terms of an honest evaluation and what do we need to do? Uh, what would we like to present on the witness stand? And let's develop it now ahead of time so that we can say during, if we're subjected to the reptile question you prepare people for, you know, they, they could say the best answer, which is, I'm glad you asked that question. Here's what we do, and here's what we have. That that's a couple, couple couple things, Bill. If I could just weigh in on yeah, that question, sure. that, and again, it's early it's early results from the survey. We don't uh, we haven't compiled enough data yet to be doing scientific white papers or anything like that. Anything from your world, you know. <laughs> um, but but early uh, just early review. There's some really interesting things. One of them that has caught my eye is one of the questions we ask is what role are you what role do you have in your business, in your company? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's safety director, it's risk management, it's recruiting, it's business owner, it's, thing, you know, it's a pretty good legal insurance. Like, what's your role inside the business? And the pie chart that our survey creates is a, a rainbow of really? everybody's weighing in on this. This is, that was one of the things I expected. Well, it'll be a lot of, probably a lot of safety directors. You know, that's probably what we're going to yeah. see. Maybe a few legal folks. 
it's people coming from all over the business and their perspectives, I think, are going to really help us. And, you know, when you start to filter, well, what do safety people think versus risk people versus insurance people within the organization? That's when we're really going to start to see some valuable stuff. The other thing uh, that we actually, this was actually part of a, uh, when we wrote the business plan, I think we had already identified that there's a bit of a disconnect between what the data tells us about uh, motor carriers, I won't say reputation, but their, their defensive posture. How well are you prepared to fend off these attacks? And I think there's a disconnect between what they tell us and what reality is. So that, that's another thing I think we're seeing is a li- maybe a little bit of overconfidence in the, yeah. in the survey results. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Hopefully it provides a little bit of a, um, a look in the mirror a um exactly a wake up a wake up call how does i mean what i run into a lot is um the insurance companies um not wanting to be as proactive because you know they they like to save uh money and oftentimes that creates a real mess for defense counsel who's trying to vigorously defend a case and they can't pay for that maybe that better expert or they can't hire a guy like me because they're they're not getting a, approval H- how are they going to fit into this formula I, I think in terms of the analysis bill it's part of the overall evaluation of this it, it, and there's several reasons on it one of the the things we talked about the evaluation we talked about the blue wire forum one of the other four things is the expert network that we're looking to develop mm-hmm. and, and a lot of this development is primarily before the accident, it's totally before the accident, identify the vulnerability, uh, identify an expert who can help them or sets of experts who they can choose from to address that vulnerability, and then have that expert be proactive, involved, not only to close the vulnerability, but if there's an accident, to be able to say, you know, this isn't something I got a stack of papers and reviewed the file after the fact. I've been intricately involved. This is where they stand, and this is why we've done this as opposed to what I refer to as the plaintiff's Casablanca experts. You know, they get the usual suspects, bring them in, and that's where they happen on that. So I think that's the big thing. The other part of it, Bill, is, as you know, the the increasing insurance rates have given rise to insurance companies having to assume more of their responsibility. And I think when you and I spoke before, you talked about the difference in attitude between the company Mm -hmm. looking to obtain the experts and do what's needed as opposed to the insurers. So, you know, at the, using the, uh, the sage wisdom of my grandmother, the Lord helps those that help themselves. You know, this is a situation where the trucking companies can get the experts and get into this based on the analysis without having to wait for the insurance company to get involved to, to protect that retention that they have, the deductible that they have on their end of the insurance to protect themselves. Wow. Yeah, Steve, same question to you. Um, with your early discussions here with, insurance folks how those how, how is this being this idea being received by the insurance industry as opposed to the the actual trucking companies yeah it's it's being very we have gotten uh overwhelmed with interest we have held wow. zoom meeting after zoom meeting after call since the mid-year meeting when we kind of announced ourselves with i think nearly every insurance group brokerage underwriter captive out there. It's been a steady stream and it's been really interesting and, and really energizing and surprising wow. that the, the consistent tone is what can we do to help? How do we in the insurance community help 
what Blue Wire is trying to do. I don't know if we 100% know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. You know, it may be participation in the forum. It may be more openness with claims data. You want to talk about cloistered, secretive, you know, uh, we don't want to share kind of a mentality. Forget about the defense attorneys. How about the insurance companies? We, We actually started our first thought of Blue Wire was maybe what we'll do is we will mine claims data. We will get into the claims data and apply all this advanced cool new AI and machine learning and stuff that tech people like to talk about. That's what we thought we might do. And we were dispelled of that rather quickly when we learned just how unbelievably difficult it is to get at the claims data. So uh, it's, it's behind, it's behind iron walls at some of these insurance groups. But in contrast to that, when we came out with this reputation idea, it, you know, now we're not asking them for data necessarily. We're asking Mm -hmm. them to help. How do you help? And, and that's going to be an interesting journey for us, I think. It's just to see how can, we, how can we click the insurance companies into this puzzle and make them an, an important part of it. And one of the big responses, I think, Steve, has been, uh, or the comments people have had to us, has been from the underwriting side. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you, you're addressing the vulnerabilities ahead of time. Uh, not that they're going to reduce the rates or anything, but from the perspective of the underwriters, at least it gives an analysis of what is really there instead of a, just a quick snapshot they do at the time of renewal or the time of initial application. Yeah, there's a, that's one of the, there's a few things, Bill, that I tell people that you're never going to hear us say, or at least you're certainly never going to hear me say. I mean, one of them is, buy Blue Wire and you'll lower your insurance costs. <laughs> you know, I'm never going to say that. Uh, we're, we're never going to say, we can help you predict your next crash. You know, yeah. There's too much of that kind of pie in the sky stuff that goes on, in the, especially in the software world. We get enamored of all of our cool charts and graphs and think mm-hmm. we can solve the world's problems. So it, there, there may be a long, long looping connection back to helping with renewals and insurance and maybe over time, efforts like Blue Wires can help, but there's never, you're never going to hear us say that that's the direct connection. Um, I, again, I come back to somehow we've got to get the insurance people and the motor carriers thinking more like partners in all of this. Than, and, and they get adversarial. Sometimes they see themselves as their own enemies, so as you, you guys well know. So yeah, it's all part of maybe this forum idea where we can, if we can get people into an environment where you feel a, a little safer a little more guarded and you can share a little more uh, effectively. I think that's going to help. Yeah. Doug, how, so what would be the role? Um, I, I work with a lot of excess insurance providers and the problem you have there is by the time they get put on notice, something's wrong. A, a lot has happened already. Um, have you talked to any excess folks and how could they benefit from blue wire perhaps? We've discussed this with a number of carriers who talk in terms of the excess because that's among the biggest financial uh, exposures they have or biggest financial Mm -hmm. challenges they have. And and they look at the potential of, particularly from the excess carrier, is if we can address the vulnerabilities ahead of time, keep this from rising to those levels, so much the better for the excess carriers. And I think that's where the main benefit comes in there. And also it's been interesting, Bill, we've had carriers tell us about how they market themselves to the excess carriers mm-hmm. kind of you know, the kind of the reverse of what you think of 
but to, to tell their story and what they do and see Blue Wire as a, an element of it. Like Steve said, it, we're not saying it's ever going to reduce your rates or anything, but, but it's part of your story. And at the end of the day, what we're looking at is to give you a reduction of vulnerabilities more than anything else. Yeah. Um, I love the forum idea. I think that's been used very effectively in other in other areas to share information, whether it be you know health and fitness or various yeah. products. And um, I mean, for example, if you have this forum up, I mean, you could literally just have an anti-reptile section, right? Mm -hmm. And hopefully, people and I would be uh, one of them can put down their experiences. Um, their, their, their tactics, maybe even some examples from say, you know, a recent deposition, obviously not going to identify any of the parties, but I think it's, that would be um, really, really important to have the reptile um, focus uh, in the forum. So people have this area they can go and look up whether, again, whether it's discovery issues, trial issues, and hopefully get some, um, um, some good feedback from people that are, are in the trenches. Is that part of the forum plan? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I love that idea. So I, you know, we go to a lot of conferences, all of us do. And in, in recent years or so there's been, you know, the reptile theory has been a, probably the name on a session of a, a, yeah. at almost every conference. Right. And yeah. you go and you sit there and some really sharp defense attorney or a couple of them get up there and they'll, they'll have a presentation. Sometimes they have little video clips and they'll, some of them are, you know, they're, they're entertaining. Let's just put it that way. When you see how, <laughs> yeah. how bad some of the witnesses are, you yes. know, and how, you know, and they're in a role-playing mode. So this is not live video, but they'll do role-playing with these, these uh, you know, these witnesses who are being deposed in a mock setting. And, and it's just hysterical how bad some of them are, you know, at responding. So if we can capture some of that, the problem is you're out at a conference and you see that and then you leave and yeah. then, you know, it's gone. It's just not there at your fingertips as a reference for you again, if in a year from now or 18 months from now, you have a, a situation like that. So that's a very much a part of what we want to do with the forum is gather that kind of, of information and organize it and present it, maybe even develop trainings, maybe give certifications. I don't know, you know, there's that was my next, where this will go. But. Yeah, that was, that was my next question. I mean, Doug, if you think about, um, you know, the types of podcasts that we have done, uh, a number of webinars uh, we, we have done together, um, it sounds like this would be an opportunity to put educational sessions on, um, for lack of a better term, like these TED, you've seen the TED Talks, right? Um, yeah. to, to get people in the industry to do those 15 to 20 minute cliffs. And then you can go on to your website, I would imagine, log in and can, to consistently update those, you would have a place, like you don't have to wait for DRI. You don't have to wait for CLM. You can go to Blue Wire. Have you, have you thought about that? Uh, absolutely. And on several levels, Bill. Uh, first off, in terms of the educational piece, yeah. you know, you, you, other people to be able to provide that education ahead of time, mm -hmm. because, you know, and, and you had noted it when you and I spoke the last time is, is how many times do you get called before trial after the deposition has been taken Terrible. and say, hey, we, we want you to help prepare this person for trial. <laughs> well, well, the cement dried, you know. Uh, so so yeah. let's get out, you know, and, and part of it also, Bill, is, is for people to know that there is a potential issue there rather than find out after they've gone through the deposition. So yeah, yeah. the educational piece on there, uh, the uh, addition, the uh, library 
of potential depositions that have been taken by plaintiffs that we can exchange. Yes. Because, okay. you know, the, the, the script's not going to change that much. It, nope. And with all those seminars out there on Reptile, you and I are at a disadvantage, Bill, because we actually read the book. Yeah. Unlike most of the people who are giving the seminars. Exactly. You know? so, so, so to be able to share this information to educate folks. And then part also is our uh, Blue Wire expert uh, recommendation engine that would recommend in those circumstances, whomever you're going to have your designee to be the face of the company. And you talk often about how important that is. So that person gets training ahead of time before the specific case comes up or anything like that. So they're sensitized to it. Yeah. So that when they deal with a specific case, you're just dealing with the specifics, not educating them from ground zero at that point. Yeah, Bill, I love that TED Talk format. I think yeah. something like that could be really powerful. I just and and it can be it can be thought provoking, even if it isn't right on target. We don't have to get up every single time and talk about the reptile theory, right? You can yeah. you can be thought provoking. I am thinking of an example, Doug. Yesterday we were on a call with an insurance group, and we got right. talking about this. And I'm not. I'm not giving away information because it's an article that he sent me, but it's about how Airbnb responds when there's an incident at one of their, their properties, somebody's injured or attacked or has a heart attack or something bad happens at an Airbnb. Yeah. Airbnb has a squad. They have a response squad that goes out and they have a system. They go out because they know a lawsuit's coming. So yeah. again, not, not a, it's not trucking. It's not reptile. It's not any of that. But, you know, looking at how other people respond to things to prepare in advance yep. for the coming attack, I think all of that kind of stuff. And then the more that we can do in a kind of a TED talk, kind of a quick format like that, I think that's an awesome idea. Yeah, I think part of it, Bill, is, is in, and you get the cross section from the work you do of different industries. And I think that's what we need in a lot of the seminars we go to and the trucking seminars. It's great because we get the information in terms of what's the best practices in trucking. Mm -hmm. But let's look outside our industry and what have other industries developed in terms of defense tactics in their area we can apply to trucking. I, I cannot tell you how many trucking cases that I work on where I'm bringing tactics from product liability, yeah. medical malpractice, yeah. construction, because I know they work. We just have to tweak them a little bit. And again, I think uh, sharing knowledge of that information uh, is important. Also, I think another really key part of this forum, um, which people just call me randomly, like, what are you seeing? We want the reptile right. 2021 update. And I have all that stuff. Well, if that was in a central location and you could, you could upgrade it, let me, let me share a, a, a very dirty, nasty uh, uh, trick with you uh, that I've been running into uh, lately. And our audience members can benefit from this. You have a certain section of reptile attorneys that now are printing out the reptile questions on sheets of paper, very large font. And it says, you know, for a driver or a safety director, isn't it an important safety rule that a trucking company always does blank, right? And they fill in their reptile stuff there. And there's two check boxes, <laughs> one's yes and one no. And they hand it to the witness and say, put your initials on, on, on the answer that you select. Now, Guess how I came across this? I'm, I'm working on a case and the attorney shows this to me and there were already initials in the boxes, <laughs> meaning oh, yeah. they, had, yeah. they had to get to their third witness to figure it out. But right. that's an example um, of what's happening both via Zoom 
and, and live where if you're not ready for that and you've never seen that, you may be very slow to respond. Any other dirty tricks you're seeing out there, Doug? Because I see them every week. It's, it's pretty well, bad. Well, it is along that line. You know, it's the same thing is, is you know, the witness in that instance isn't just answering questions. They're creating an exhibit. Yeah. You know, that, that is that that yeah. you can just visualize it blown up on a PowerPoint yeah. slide in front of the jury the whole way down through it. So that's the type of thing that we need to exchange and give the heads up, sensitize folks for to look for ahead of time and how to deal with that as well. Yeah, I give fair warning. So when you're doing your witness prep, you know, this is one of the potential um, things that, that could happen. So we're all trying to suppress, stop nuclear verdicts, um, nuclear settlements uh, as well. That's a, that's a, I think I coined that phrase, <laughs> nuclear settlement. Cause I think the, I honestly think, uh, and Doug, I love your opinion on this. I think that's just as big of a problem, if not more of a problem, because the nuclear settlements are very expensive and a lot of a staggering amount of money is being wasted because the plaintiff has badly outmaneuvered the defense. But you don't necessarily see that on the front page of the paper or on Twitter or, or, or whatever. Um, can you speak to, 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 to that issue and how Blue Wire can maybe help resolve cases earlier, which would be, again, a substantial cost savings? Absolutely, several ways. The uh, first thing is by identifying the vulnerabilities, mm -hmm. it just limits the leverage on those. Because as you know, what they're looking for is one or two leverage points that they can twist in order to do that. Secondly, get out the education that we talked about jurisdictionally. You know, how can we keep for, uh, cases from being in what is designated by actress judicial hellholes? Well, we can do that by applying, and uh, Kurt Rui from Creek uh, Carrier brought this to my attention, various Supreme Court cases to limit jurisdiction over trucking cases to, uh, you know, where they're, uh, the corporate headquarters is or where they're incorpororated, keep them out of there. Uh, case things, situations I've used where we've sued the plaintiff first if we have an argument on uh, liability on the case to anchor it in the rural jurisdiction as opposed to letting them drag us into the judicial hellhole to take on those certain things. And then to use the information that we have to limit the attempts by the plaintiff to try to exploit these vulnerabilities. And like you said, you know, part of those chapters that you and I've read in the uh, reptile theory is just how to leverage, not just the facts of the case, yeah. But the vulnerabilities of an insurance adjuster, their career and their ability yeah. to feed their family, but yeah. it, it, and, and to goes into depth on the one chapter how to do that. Uh, and I yeah. think that's what we have to address on that is identify these and develop the strategies and take that away by using and identifying the vulnerabilities that allow them to do that. Yeah, that's, yeah, um, think... chapter, that's chapter 16, page 173, Doug. <laughs> In the main. So I don't have I don't have uh, I don't have the courtroom experience that you guys do. I've, I've served as a as an expert a few times. Never went to court because uh, I crushed it. Yeah, you know that's what I choose yeah. to do. But, but uh, um, you know I think so. Again, I don't have I I can say things and you guys can just roll your eyes and go, Steve. That's not how a courtroom works. But I think there's a way for us to perhaps present our own check boxes. You know, mm -hmm. that we come back and, and you know, it's kind of like, we'll check one of these boxes. It's like, I'm so glad that you asked that question. Now here, you check my box, you know, and, and let's talk about things like, you know, one of the, we've been talking to uh, a couple of different uh, places. We can get some really good data on things like congestion and the state of roads. I mean, look, it's a topic nationally right now. Our infrastructure is in terrible shape. And, you know, yeah. maybe things like that are something we position back and say, well, yeah, that was a that was a bad accident, and it happened because the bridge fell down. 
You know, let, let's talk about the state of infrastructure in your county, taxpayer of that county. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just, I think there's a way to, uh, Doug likes to say, you know, the, the defense doesn't have to be defensive. And yeah. I think there, when we get into the data and start looking at this, I'm hoping that there's ways with following the courtroom rules, uh, which I have no knowledge of. <laughs> I, I have a lottery on my wall, but I, I was, it's very old and I never took the bar exam. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I like, I, I do like, um, um, I, I like the idea of being uh, more aggressive and going on offense as opposed to always going on defense, you know, first. And one of the areas which I would love to get on this forum is the whole concept of turning the tables and doing what I call the reverse reptile. Um, Doug, I'm sure you've, you, you've done this before. Um, I see those tactics now finally growing in the defense bar. The problem is there's so many defense attorneys that don't understand reptile. Like they don't, they, they come to me to learn how to do I've had plaintiff attorneys call me saying, I've read all your articles. You're, you know, you're, you're great. And I'm like, why are you calling me? And they're like, cause you just saved me $5,000 in the reptile training. I just read your articles. Now I know how to do reptiles. Like, Oh my gosh. But um, Doug, do you see that continuing uh, to grow um, um, as, as a, not in all cases, obviously, but I think if you can learn reptiles, a defense attorney, turn the tables either on an adverse co-defendant or, or a plaintiff that, um, that didn't do things very well, that can be highly effective, but you got to have training to be able to pull that off or it can explode in your face. You, you got to know the choreography of it. Yep. It, it. And it is a choreography to go through that whole step-by-step -step in order to do that. What point you want to make in the footwork in doing it, not to overstep each point of it. Uh, I don't see it being done much at all, Bill, and, and you were one of the developers of this. Yep. Uh, Bob Tyson, a uh, good friend of ours, is one of the oh, yeah. advocates of it. And, and it's something that we need to do and to develop to go through this, it, as well as other tactics. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the plaintiffs, uh, the, the, as uh, Steve had said earlier, they've got, you know, publications of all these, you know, different uh, tactics, theories, the focus groups they do. Yep. That's what yep. we're looking to do from the Blue Wire. Because what we're looking to do is kind of on a double level, the, the strategic level of let's identify the vulnerabilities and address them before the accident and the tactical level of here's the blue wire forum. What can we do to counter the tactics that the plaintiffs have on that? Absolutely. Well, I want to I want to wrap this thing up with a, a topic. Speaking of vulnerabilities, and there's many vulnerabilities for trucking companies, um, but the one that is rearing its ugly head on a weekly basis, it's absolutely making me nuts. I got a story for it. So I'm working on this case, and they send me ahead of uh, you know they're prepping for the witness prep for deposition. So they're doing step one is the right thing. They send me a copy of their operations and safety manual. All right. The yeah. You know where I'm doing with this, Doug. I, right? I, 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 I the see The language, yeah. the language, talk about setting yourself up for disaster. I mean, yeah. the safeties are number one, top priority above and beyond everything. I mean, crazy, crazy stuff in black and white. So then I'm in the Millis Witness Prep and I, I said, who in the hell wrote this? Like somebody should be shot and like, I want to know who wrote this. And you know what they said? They said, we hired a safety consulting company. They, they, author, they author all of our, I was shocked. I'm like, yeah. you let an outsider, someone not even in your industry come in 
who knows nothing about litigation and authored this document and now is being stuck up your ass repeatedly yeah. during the deposition. There's got to be a way to address that. And maybe Blue Wire is a way where you can go to this centralized location, maybe look at the good and the bad examples to, because I really think some of this internal documentation, there's no way out of that, is there? Yeah. And, and what, what it is, is this, a couple things. And, and uh, the question I ask, uh, and I've asked several safety vice presidents and, and officials and companies, do you need manuals? Yeah. I mean, who reads them? <laughs> you know, number number one, you know, are, are you better off with a, with an app with a number of things on them and, and just go from there? The second thing, Bill, is, is and you, are you, you're the best person I have to ask this. One of the thoughts I have is what if we explain safety less as an absolute, which is often made too much, but as aspirational, that, that we aspire to safety. It's a goal. Well, the notion goal. of, you, you know, I mean, along the lines of, and, and not to equate the two, but it's like religion. You, you know, religion's aspirational because someone has sinned does not mean that they have strayed from religion. And, and the same thing is just because that they haven't been uh, following the, the edict of the safety policy doesn't mean that they are unsafe. And while a lot of people talk about the reptile theory, one of the ones, particularly with the manuals that they miss the point on, is the whole uh, rules of the road theory. Yeah. That, that kind of predated it and then got, got, got lost in there. But if you put it in your manual, the argument is you have created your own regulation law on there. And you've created a rule of the road, just like stopping at a stop sign. And based on that, if your driver hasn't done it, that's negligence per se is the argument on that. So I, I think we need to look at a way, and I think it's part of the things we'll have to develop or want to develop in the, in the Blue Wire uh, Forum, is how can we express the desires and intents of safety with, without making it such an absolutism that anything short of perfection is uh, automatically uh, you know, uh, 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 abhorrent. Uh, it, it, it's of course, you know, we, we all want to be safe to the most possible, but the reality is the best we can do is to aspire for that high level. Yeah, I agree. Steven, thoughts on that? No, I think that's, I remember uh, early on when we were, we were working through identifying what we call these attack vectors. These are the, these are the gaps through which the plaintiffs attack, the vulnerabilities. And, uh, you know, it could be, uh, we don't have cameras. It could be, we don't have an electronic EQ file system and we don't do PSP reports on drivers. These are the kinds of things that, the, the absence of these best practices uh, are, are these attack vectors, examples of them. And uh, I, I remember I was talking to a, a friend of mine, he's VP of safety at a large carrier, and he said, Steve, you know what our biggest attack vector is, is our own safety policy manual. Yeah. That's exactly what you guys are saying. He goes, he goes we can't, we've, I've begged our company to get rid of it, and they won't. And it's impossible for us to actually follow. It's too complicated. It's too long. It contradicts itself. It's so yeah, I think it's a, a self-inflicted wound, you know, that we need to address for sure. Well, in, 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 a, yeah. in a deposition, Bill, how many how many times have you seen a driver say, "Oh, I've read the whole thing"? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've read the whole thing. Um, yeah, that's the, I think that's a, a main vulnerability. And what 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 I've been seeing a little bit of, which I think is an excellent idea. So so after I reamed everybody in the room over this yeah. policy, they on day two of the witness prep. One of the witnesses like went to one of the C-level executives and they're like, 
can you help us rewrite these policies? Or maybe we should hire an attorney just to come check out all of our stuff before there's litigation. And so um, uh, my good friend, Carlos Rincon, who's out in uh, El Paso, Texas, he has several companies, trucking companies he's working with, but they have simply hired him to come in and say, look at our stuff. If you were a plaintiff attorney, how would you attack us? I think that's a very brilliant and proactive idea. And hopefully we could also work some of that in on the forum to provide some resources. So if people did want to do a little housekeeping check, I, you know, they hire like the internet security guys right and they now, pay exactly. them, they pay them a hundred grand. They say, I want you to hack into my system. I just do whatever you can to hack in. And then they come back and they go, here's how we did it. What do you think about an idea like that to protect companies to kind of simulate what, a, you know, what litigation would be, simulate the type of attack on their documents and solve these problems ahead of time. Isn't, I mean, isn't that a, a good idea? What do they call those guys in IT, Steve? Are they white hat? Yeah, so we, you, you've uh, identified exactly one of our little, uh, there kind of our marketing uh, positions here. So we have this thing Doug described as recommendation engine. The yeah. recommendation engine is a well-known thing. Netflix uses them, Amazon uses them. You know, what should I buy next or watch next? That type of thing. So we're gonna we we are deploying that technology. We call it the white hat recommendation engine. There you go. And if I was in my home office right now, there'd be a white Stetson hanging on the wall behind <laughs> me. So we we see ourselves very much a parallel to exactly what you describe. You hire white hat hackers to attack your yeah. systems and your data and try and steal credit cards and that kind of stuff. We see ourselves in a way as a white hat trial lawyer, you know, yeah. that blue wire will be attacking you just as aggressively and thoroughly as any plaintiff would. But of course, we're working for you. So very, very parallel to what you just said. I love the idea. But, but we do the same thing. We've had fortunate had a number of companies have come to us and, and my yeah. partners mean when it does it, she goes through that and, and looks at all those. But that's exactly the type of vulnerabilities we're looking to identify mm -hmm. in a company before the fact. So, so that they can get that corrected before the accident happens. Yeah, but between that, I mean, training methodologies for drivers and other, I mean, that's really amazing. Well, guys, um, thank you so much for being on the pod. Oh. I, I see this as being a, a very special and pioneering effort by your group. Um, I'm so happy to be an advisor for you guys and I can't wait, really, really can't wait to get started, particularly with the forum. Uh, Doug, thank you very much as, as oh, usual. Thank you. Uh, Stephen, I'm going to give you the last word. Um, where where can folks in the industry um, find your website and um, uh, your contact information uh, if they're interested in getting yeah, involved? Yeah, just uh, just uh, bluewire.ai, um, and right there on the homepage, the middle of the page is a button to take that survey. Yep. That is where I would recommend people uh, engage with us and start to get a feel for what we're doing. And of course, all of us are available. I think we're all listed on the website. Our our emails are pretty straightforward and friendly. I'm Steve. He's Doug at bluewire.ai. There you go. What a great episode. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate thank you very it. Much. To our, to our audience, you know, thank you again for participating in the Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. We will see you next time. <laughs>